Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but onboard Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa travel guide and stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying. Welcome to the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa, our weekly countdown of the opportunities and experiences that travelling offers. I'm Tom Edwards. Last week we nipped into one of our favourite bookshops, Libreria, and this week we're continuing with our literary theme with the punchiest book review you've ever heard. On the show today, I'll be joined by Monocle's culture editor, Robert Bound, who has no less than eight book recommendations for your next trip. From beautifully bound books about art to the novels that are sure to get your imagination running wild, these titles are sure to keep you occupied whether you're on the beach or 30,000 feet in the air. Robert Bound, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, now, I said punchy, but don't actually physically assault me. I, feel like I know this. you're tempted to, <laughs> but don't do it. Um, I want to start off by asking about your travelling habits, literary-wise only, Rob. Okay. Uh, it's not an invasive thing. Um, <laughs> wh- how do you pick your... What's in your sponge bag? Free holiday, free holiday reading. Is it about because you're, you're, I guess, in some cases, you're literally escaping. So, do you want escapism? How how does it work? I think you want to, you want to have two in your suitcase. You want to have two on your, in your check-in luggage, and you want to have two in your hand luggage. Obviously, the two in your hand luggage need to be lightweight. So, we're talking paperbacks. Where should we start then? Well, I'm starting actually in the season that's just gone. That's autumn. Ali Smith's first of four novels set in and about the seasons. This was a fantastic book that came out, in fact, while, I mean, freshly after the Brexit debate so there's a lot of that in it there is a lot about britain old and new and immigration and how stories unfold and there are echoes of stories unfolding all the time through this book it's beautifully written even if i've made the the the, the subject matter sound heavy it is as it is gossamer light ali smith is a fantastic intelligent kind of scrupulous pioneering scottish writer and, and she's on wonderful form um what about next we, we've got a bit of a bit of history i guess it's always good to cast an eye to the past at times yeah so a bit of non-fiction written Richard Sennett is such a fantastic writer, sort of breaches the gap between kind of being what you might call an urbanist and an architecture critic and boring down into human experience by exploring craft and what people do with their hands, what people do with, do for a living. This was a book that came out a couple of years ago. Um, it's it's a bit of a set text read for anyone that maybe wants to jack in their job and take up their hobby. And it's a celebration of just that, of getting your hands dirty. It's called The Craftsman for a good reason. But, you know, it might be, it might be simply shot 
sharpening your pencils and writing that short story at the weekend instead of kind of going going whole hog and buying a winery and trying to trying to do it up. But Richard Sennett is a is uh, is a fabulous uh, fabulous person at kind of linking lots of different stories together through that book. Now we've got a couple more novels to talk about actually, and one of them's next, which is uh, the End of Days. Tell us about this one. Okay, so this is an interesting thing. This starts in a snowy in in the snowy turn of the last century, the beginning of the twentieth century on the Austro-Hungarian border. It tells the story of that part of the world in what would become the First World War and through generations as well, what would become the Second World War. Jenny Erpenbeck is a fantastic German novelist who I think also pitches in her hand at pieces of journalism. Again, it's, it is a novel not without moments of heaviosity, but she wears mm. her learning very lightly, taking the subject which isn't light uh, and um, making it beautiful, if, if nothing else. Now we have a couple of art books, uh, artist behind one, yeah. and then we this uh, this next one I want to talk about though is a sort of a. I don't know what you describe it as a, a primer. I don't know. Is it a self-help book? How how would you describe this, is this Mason one? Curry? This is Mason Curry's Daily Rituals, which is a fascinating book all about what artists do, whether they're poets, painters, novelists, what their sort of daily thing was. Mm. So I think Balzac drank, drank fifty cups of coffee. So that was one. Of, that was how he. <laughs> that was how what helped him concentrate or not, or <laughs> helped him spend most of his time on the lavatory. I should imagine whatever he did, apart from <laughs> being fairly decent with a pen. Uh, interesting interesting things like you know Martin Amis gets up and he reads all morning and he writes all afternoon and it, it gives you a little bit of a window with people like that into their creative process if you read Tolstoy all morning and then you write all afternoon maybe you sound a bit like him or maybe you you steal the best bits of him they're really fantastic things it is daily rituals what about what's next uh, another novel so this is another fine young german novelist daniel kelman and he takes this is sort of almost a bit a bit old testament this is a bit of a parable i suppose so he has three brothers who represent three different faiths or three different vices one is money one is art and one is god so they all deal in those professions one's a man of the cloth one's an art dealer and one is a banker um and it watches a it is a bit of a conversation piece this it's a little bit it's a bit of a bit like a pinter play where someone stands for something or a bit like an old greek tragedy where you know you have you, you have your embodiment of the, these three different worlds but it is beautifully told it's really really funny um it's wittily written dare i say it's a light read considering the subject matter it takes on it feels very very contemporary and nice for some reason to be reading about this from a German novelist rather than an American or a British novelist. There is a little bit of Michel Houellebecq in, in, in this as well. You know, there is a bit of, uh, of teetering on the brink of good taste and bad. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Uh, Rob, a word or two uh, as we continue our sweep uh, through, well, a few different European novels. Let's, we'll go to the Netherlands. What about Dear Mr. M? Uh, yeah, Herman Koch is uh, Holland's kind of, he's sort of the biggest deal in Dutch writing. And again, a little bit like Daniel Kaleman, his novels take, sort of tackle a subject matter, tackle a bit of a, a kind of social moray and explore it. This looks full frontal in the mirror and looks at the, the life of a once great novelist whose powers are perhaps waning, but he's trying to hold on to his fame and an awful incident that is in his past that he's kind of, he's been covering up with sort of bonhomie and bon mot all, all his life. It's another great book from another great novelist, Herman Koch. 
Julian Barnes, another great novelist. We love but, him. But this is about... Well, it's funny, we've, we've, t- we've touched on art a couple of times and we will do again before this is over. But tell me about keeping an eye open and what, what's Julian Barnes been up to here? Um, so Julian Barnes, obviously one of the preeminent English English and English language novelists, flexes his muscles here as a non-fiction writer and as an art critic. It might not surprise you knowing some of his novels that his love of French art is as, is as deep as his love of French novels. You know, there is a lot of painterly Madame Bovarys in this kind of stuff there's a lot of there's a lot of Poussin and Yves Klein but that's all good stuff he writes so freshly about art this is a a book that defies jargon and is simply kind of it's a great erudite picture of a love affair with pictures I guess and if we're talking about the erudition of novelists turning their hand to art what about artists turning their hand to well even even non-fiction prose in this case Grayson Perry of course the well, a bit of an all-rounder, yeah. ceramicist, intriguing, but almost kind of a pop, bit of a pop culture, you know, legend in, in these parts. Yeah. The Descent of Man. What's this one about? So this is a great. This is a great book. Came out at the end of last year. The Descent of Man tackles masculinity. Grayson. People know Grayson Perry as the artist who has been cross-dressing as a as a as a kind of slight, sometimes slightly prim, sometimes slightly gaudy woman called Claire for sort of half of his half of his life as a way to I, I presume exercise both sides of his personality. So he is brilliantly intriguing on the idea of masculinity, the notion of it, how it is passed down from man to man, generation to generation, how it's depicted in history, how he thinks it could possibly be depicted now. But who better, really, to, to talk about the role of men and masculinity than, than a, a pretty courageous guy and a fantastic artist. Monocle Scott's Redster, Robert Bound, thank you for being our guide through some literature which will hopefully take our listeners to the skies. My very great pleasure, Tom. You've been listening to the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa. Be sure to pick up The Forecast, which contains all 100 items on our list in full and is available on all good newsstands now. Over this series, we'll be exploring the opportunities, destinations and experiences that travelling with Lufthansa provides. And we invite you to join us on this countdown to your next journey. Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but onboard Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa Travel Guide. And stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying.